A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast, NXT Flavoured Edition. I am the temp, Laurie Blake, who is standing in for Pete Quinnell, who is away on holiday. And I'm joined by Tempest the Wrestler, the temp and the Tempest, Tag Team of Dreams. <laughs> I had a lot of people thinking that we were going to be the Lucha Brothers opponents last week on, on Dynamite, it seems. The two masked wrestlers. Next time, perhaps. Next time. Next How time. you doing, man? This is yeah. this is wild. I, I yeah, honestly, yeah, we've this might spoken. be. I don't, I don't know you. <laughs> I was about to say, a look behind the curtain a little bit. I don't think that you and I have ever had like a one-on-one conversation before. We've never needed to, you know, because we've always been doing different things. But it's very nice. I get to learn a little bit about Lori Blake today. What's your what, what's your what's your top priority question, Tempest? Well, of course, like all all the things about wrestling that I need to know. No, no, God, anything but that. What what's something in your life that you can tell me an interest that you have that is completely not wrestling related? An interest that I have that is completely non wrestling related is that's like all my interests. Yes, <laughs> uh, like uh, off to a good start then. Hey, there's the obvious ones. There's board games, because we have a whole board games channel. There's video games. We used to have a video games channel. Uh, there is rock climbing. really like rock climbing. I like go into the gym. I like riding my bike. That kind of stuff is really fun. I like going to the pub. Yeah. Lot. Yeah. I'm British, and I like going to the pub. <laughs> well, you said video games. I, I, I had a very good day yesterday, because I had to run a few errands that were mostly not fruitful. So I decided mm. to treat myself with a, a trip to the little uh, retro video game store that uh, is is in my town. So I, I popped in there and just wanted to take a look around, really. But I noticed that one of the games that I've been looking for for many years was in there. And I I feel like maybe half of the people that listen to this might, might know it. But it is an old snowboarding game called SSX Tricky. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. good. Why so did you need good. to go to a retro video game store to get hold of SSX Tricky? I was like, I was like, he's gonna say something like 8-bit here for the like something for the Amiga <laughs> that's like out of print. SSX Tricky, like they made so many copies of that. SSX I was know. the 
When I first got my PlayStation 2, I got PlayStation 2 the year it came out, which was a surprise to me. I didn't think my parents were going to ever get me a PlayStation. Uh, and I got Tekken Tag, SSX, the first one, and Time Splitters as the first three games on that. The, the best three games in the launch lineup for the PlayStation. So when SSX Tricky came out, I was like, this is the greatest game of all time. It remixes all of the tracks from the first game, adds in new characters, and then adds in those crazy Uber moves uh, where everyone does like spins the board around their head and stuff. I loved SSX. What oh, a game. I I absolutely loved it. And it was one of the games that I played on the PS2 when I was much, much, much younger. And I just I could never find it. None of these old video game stores had it anywhere that I've looked. And yesterday just happened to be the day that it was there. And it was like 20 bucks. It wasn't even an expensive old video game. So I managed to, to pick that up. I have not gotten to play it yet because of this cursed show that we will talk <laughs> about in a moment. But rest assured, after this, I will be playing some SSX Tricky. And I'm really looking forward to it. So are you to play SSX Tricky, uh, Tepes, are you, are you firing up? an old PlayStation 2, or are you using backwards compatibility? So, okay, are you having the fear then of putting in an old disc into a... Like PlayStation, my PlayStation 2, by the end of its lifespan, just made this noise to play games. (laughs) The whole time that you were doing stuff. And... Like you sometimes you'd be like, I have to turn it upside down to get it to work. I have to like put the disc in seven times. I'm putting in cleaning discs every 10 minutes in an attempt to try and clean that. I've got all the wipes and everything. Does, does yours just work? Did they make them better in Canada? <laughs> I don't know if they make them better in Canada. I I will be using my old PS2. It's it's by no means perfect, but if you because if you put a game in it usually takes about five minutes before the disc icon will show up on the main screen but once you get to that point you're pretty much golden i haven't had any issues playing any of these games so far but that's the five minute wait when i really want to play a game is not a great sign but it hasn't gotten worse in a few years so I'm hoping that it's going to kind of hold out for a little while because I, I don't want to go through the hassle of getting another one. This is like my they second or third PS2. The kids these days, like, they're missing out on a whole... They like There's so much of video game culture that they've actively missed out on now that games just work when you put in a disc. <laughs> put in a disc and the game just works. You've downloaded the game and the game loads immediately. Like, you've, you're missing out on the whole... I'm just going to call it blow culture. You, yep. you, pull out a di- you pull out the little cartridge, you have to blow in the back of it, you put it back in. Original Game Boy. You've got the original Game Boy, you put your little cartridge in and you flick it on. And the first thing you see on every single every single Game Boy game is the Nintendo logo loads up first. And if the game isn't working, the Nintendo yep. logo loads up broken. So then you have to take it out immediately, blow it again, you blow the inside the cartridge, you blow the outside of the thing. No one knows if that does anything. No one really knows if that's tr- if that's the thing that's fixed it. Plug it back in. Does the Nintendo logo load up? No, it doesn't. Do it again. Hit it on things a few times. Put it back in. Nintendo logo loads up. Kids these days are missing out on the, the, the analog part of video game culture, which is 
not understanding how to fix tech. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's crazy because I've still got the original Game Boy, like the big gray brick, and mm. it still works. All of the games, like you can't oh, save it's it. Anymore. It's yeah. indestructible, mate. It's like a Nokia. It's gonna survive. It's gonna survive the apocalypse. But all all the, the games still work. Yeah, <laughs> crawling out of the rubble will be a Game Boy and a cockroach. <laughs> That'd be like Pizza Rides. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> we should probably to stop to so you can oh. get to SSX Tricky. We should probably talk about NXT. So let's get into the show where we are discussing the scary suicide dive botch that JC Jane uh, did in the triple threat match that took her out of the match. Here is the show. There was a really scary botch on NXT 2.0 last night when JC Jane tried to do a suicide dive. I am El Fakador Laurie Blake here covering for Pete Quinnell, who is away on holiday, and I'm joined by Tempest the Wrestler to talk about NXT. It's the temp. I'm the temp. And you're Tempest. It's almost like we planned it. I mean, if we almost. planned it, I would have also worn my mask. But I, I actually left that in London this morning. So oh. there you go. Which is where Next I was time. this morning, and now I'm back in Manchester. Next time, so that's fun. I rushed back. I rushed back, Tempest, to review NXT, and I wish, <laughs> wish I had because <laughs> it was it was all right. It was it was another completely okay bit of wrestling show. Um, but yeah, the main the main topic we're going to talk about is this this um, this botched dive from JC Jane, which was quite scary, frankly. She was. In a triple threat match uh, against Io Shirai and Persia Perotta uh, to decide who got to spin the wheel. Because that matters. And make the deal. It's it's random, Tempest. It's random. <laughs> it is. I can't believe that all of them didn't go to the ring and go, ah, oh, that doesn't matter. Just spin it. Who cares? It's, unless the wheel knows who spun it. I I got irrationally irrationally upset about this one just i i i saw they announced the the gimmick on twitter and i was like well that's dumb but i just kind of put it out of my mind and then when they were doing the match at one point i think persia parada looked back at the stage and they're like she's looking at the wheel i was like who gives a shit about the wheel Oh, this was just, the dumbest thing. It it's just so thick. It's just it doesn't make any sense. Like to be like it's not it's not family fortunes. It's not you know it's not it's not wheel of fortune. It's not like you don't get anything for spinning the wheel. It's not like you win a prize. You just get a horrible stipulation for a match that you were going to have. That is irrelevant. That should you know that should be irrelevant to your character. Like obviously Io Shirai eventually getting to spin the wheel and getting a ladder match makes sense for Io Shirai is probably the only person really in that match that seems suited to a ladder match. Uh-huh. But let's move on to the uh to the task at hand, which is to talk about the the suicide dive uh that put the suicide in suicide dive and not a lot of the dive in suicide dive. Um uh-huh. JC runs uh as it was Persia was outside the ring. Uh JC yes. ran at the ropes at about one percent power. Uh-huh. 
and did this dive where she uh, she barely made it through the ropes and then just rocketed straight to the floor. It's it's something we've seen a fair few times uh, in kind of NXT and WWE in general. Um, and yes, yeah, she had to. She then took a, a springboard moonsault from Io Shirai with Persia and then was written out of the match. Essentially, the medics had to come down to ringside, um, and she and then they had to announce after the break that during the break. They called it. She wasn't going to be involved in the match anymore. Um, I haven't seen any updates on this. So I don't think WWE has, has said anything uh, outwardly that whether or not she's sustained an injury or anything like that. They were still continuing during the show to put up, put over the match at Halloween Havoc. So seemingly the triple threat is going to happen. But do you think it's do you think that's under threat having seen what we saw? I hope not. I'd really be sad if if this resulted in a, a more serious injury that would involve her having to miss this this ladder match. I don't know exactly what went wrong here. I don't know if it was just a really poor suicide dive that just went awry. Or I've seen a number of times where if someone's supposed to cut you off mid-suicide dive and hit the big shot as you're coming through the ropes and they don't do it, then you're just kind of like, Mm. what do i do because you're not supposed to go all the way through but you can't just stop i don't know that that's the case either that's just speculation on my part but this was rough looking man like this was tough i know we've, we've seen a few times in recent years where someone just does a headstand going through the ropes and it's just awful looking mm. and oh man it was tough to watch i don't know exactly why we needed to have these particular folk in in this match if i was booking i'd probably would put the three most experienced members of each team in the mm. match as opposed to the ones that need a little bit more work but i think that's more of a problem with nxt in general these days what comes of it next week i hope we just get the match as advertised and things go a bit more smoothly well, this is it. This is the thing about NXT 2.0 is that it's putting a lot of people who are a lot younger and a lot more green in the ring with Io Shirai or Smasso Champa. So people are going to want to bring a bigger game that maybe they're not prepared for. And maybe this this is a, this could be an argument for that kind of thing of like, you know, this was an element where someone wasn't quite prepared for every outcome. Maybe... You know, I can't from watching it back. I, I'm not really sure, but maybe like Persia wasn't particularly in position as far as JC was concerned as she was running up. So that caused a moment of hesitation, which lost the momentum that she needed to carry her out of the ring. Uh, or like you said, maybe it was that she was meant to cut her off and wasn't quite in position. And that then caused the kind of fall down. But it looked to me like she was meant to take a dive because um, mm. that's where Persia was placed. But yeah, she just never quite made it there. Um yeah, it looked, it looked really, like, to be perfectly honest, it looked quite horrible. And yeah, it's good that she was taken out of the match at the time. But yeah, it would be a massive shame here to have built to this um, and then for their, these teams to not really have the ladder match, um, especially as uh, Mandy is already in a match. So she's not like she could just step in and take over sort of JC's position without that compromising another element of the story of Halloween Havoc next week because it would mean that Mandy would be not, wouldn't be fresh for her match against Raquel Gonzalez, which is something you, you would want to be against Raquel Gonzalez because she yeah. she's huge. Um so yeah, it it would be it would be a huge shame, um, I think, if something like this does. But I, I it could just be indicative of like and I think people might, you know, 
think about in the in those terms of this is the this is the thing about putting people who are a lot further down the ladder in the ring with people who are much more experienced is that sometimes when those more experienced people are high flyers and you want to do these kind of you know you want to show off as well things happen that maybe not everyone that aren't as safe as just doing some regular moves yeah yeah and kind of going back to the point about next week if I had to put money on it, I would have said that JC Jane and, and Gigi Dolan would probably win the the tag titles. You know, it mm. seems like they're going in the direction of toxic attraction. So that's even, even more fuel that you don't want to burn up on having to do it without, without JC Jane involved. But yeah, I've seen a lot of examples over the last few years in WWE where they get someone who isn't, isn't all the way there yet, but they have to do, a complicated spot or they just make the matches and the things that they're doing that much more complicated than necessary. Cause when you're learning how to wrestle, you want to do singles matches, you want to do tags mm. and you can do those things and learn. And I don't think these, you know, these two women, Persia and, and JC Jane are not like, you know, first week out of wrestling school by any means, they've both been working for a while, but at the same time, there is, something to knowing the limitations of your wrestlers and not putting them in the big top of the hour triple threat match with stipulations on the line and suicide dives and, mm. and stuff like that, you know, cause the rest of the match was not particularly that great either where Persia Parada did the double suplex spot. And I think JC Jane got about halfway over. And I thought I honestly, upon first initial viewing, I thought she had gotten hurt there before the suicide dive even happened just cause I was like, Oh God, it's terrifying please no one get hurt. And then someone did. And I think, I think Yoshirai went for like a cross face and never even got Persia down to the ground. Cause they just kind of fell mm. over at a point. It was just kind of a messy match and not a particularly good one. I'll give credit to Yoshirai for kind of pulling it together and making it a singles match after the injury. But I don't know. I think they're kind of overcomplicating things that don't need that level of, uh, of expertise just yet. I think as they were trying, they were quite clearly trying to hit that kind of pace as well of like an NXT triple threat match where it is people playing off each other, people com combining their moves, even though they're not a tag team, for instance. Like I think um, JC and EO did a really good, there was a good little stretch where they were sort of cutting down Persia um, and they were both working her over as they sort of like both kind of bounce off the ropes and hit kicks and things at different kind of coinciding times. It was it was good. Um for that very brief period. And then, yeah, I think, like you said, EO and, and Persia did a good job to put on a singles match after that. But then the match has kind of lost its stakes because one team's already out. There weren't really stakes that made sense to begin with. It's a shame that this match was put on to build hype for something that doesn't really make any narrative sense and it's led to this. So yeah, it was a bit of a it's a bit of a downer that that entire kind of section of the show essentially and yeah it, it just leaves a lot of questions leading into next week when halloween havoc seems like it's something that you know this is the kind of feels like nxt's attempt to be like this is our first big thing that we're going to do with nxt mm -hmm. 2.0 and we're going to have some probably a fair few title changes um which would be interesting to see i would think but so sorry go for it um no, I was about I was about done. The only other thing that I was I was really going to say is I don't see any 
any reason why this match couldn't have been Indy Hartwell, Io Shirai, and Gigi Dolan just put on the best match possible with the most experienced people. You know, do that for TV, and if you tour around with NXT again, that's when you can kind of give a lot of the the less experienced people more of a chance to to learn before doing this on TV and putting on a, a bad TV match. But also keep you guys fresh as well. Keep you yeah. keep your performers fresh for the show next week when they're doing the big ladder match. It's like, do they need to be doing a triple threat match this week so they can spin a wheel? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is, yeah. that, is that really the stakes that you want to you you know? Is that really the thing you want people to be doing a week before they're going to have a ladder match? Which is probably going to be bump bump city. Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, but there we are. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Anyway, we'll move on to talk about the rest of the show, but first of all, let's talk about some Ultra Chats that we've had in. Uh, we've had one from Robert Waters. He said, I rewatched the video. Her feet caught the ropes on the way out. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's the ca- I think she just didn't have the momentum to kind of carry her through. Um, and yeah, you do see that quite a lot. Like, you see that, like, um, people like Samoa Joe, when he does his suicide dive, he goes out sideways, so that isn't a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think when yeah. you've got to have 
that spring and that kind of like you've got to really be putting your effort into to to having forward momentum and there was just something that happened as she was running up to the ropes that she wasn't she either wasn't putting enough in or she saw something when she was looking outside that made her think oh no I don't want to do that really and that moment of hesitation just slowed her down enough so her feet caught the ropes I think uh Charles Berg who's been a member who's been a member for six months in a row thank you Charles Berg says uh that was a big ouchie. Full-on wiggumed herself. My cards are active again. Had to deal with fraud. Somebody stole from me. I'll make them pay. Blooming hell, Charles. Well, I yeah. hope you I hope you uh, managed to get that sorted. Uh, and But thank you for being a member for six months in a row. Yeah. I hope they didn't make you pay for their stuff. Hmm. Nailed it. Bacon Rasher says, Hi, lads. First week watching NXT 2.0 for me because uh, of work and it was okay but just okay so many characters and most will end up released but love d'angelo's post-match like him already and why don't grizzled young veterans get a call up as a brit and a wrestling fan i love them also can you wish bentley his doggo a speedy recovery he's been in the vets four times in three days hashtag liw oh, i hope bentley is i hope bentley gets better soon i hope um that's not very nice when your pet's in uh, ill at all, is it? And I really hope you hope you're doing well, Bacon Rasher. And uh, yeah, I think um, D'Angelo is a lot of fun, and I think he's he's actually, even though it's a bit, it's all a bit cliche. The whole the whole character, it's getting over with people, which is good. I also agree yeah. with because GYV should be called up. I think as well. They're oh. so good. Well, Keep in a perfect, more. they should be called up. In a perfect world, they'd be called up and pushed. But I don't want to see Grizzled Young Veterans called up and split up for no reason after four months. <laughs> One of them can team with Seamus at some point, probably. Oh. They're from a similar part of the world, maybe. Who knows? Mm. Unsubscribe, don't want. A lot of the Irish end up in Liverpool. There's a ferry. Um, so <laughs> Jeremy Bracken says, he's back and better than ever. Got a knack for making shows better. The Quizlemania champion... That bastard, Tempest, has come back. I got it. And I can't put it on because I'm wearing headphones. There is that bitch. Yeah. I can't, I can't put it on because my headphones died <laughs> and I got to wear these things instead. But, yeah, Quizzlemania, longest reigning champion now. Mm. I think I've defended it once. And then you've got hashtag LIW44444 life, which I don't agree with. But, yeah, thanks for the chat. But let's hop in to talking about what happened on NXT 2.0. Because we had a, we started with a recap of last week where uh, Carmelo Hayes cashed in his contract uh, on Isaiah Swerve Scott at the end of the Santos Escobar match to become the new North American champion, a Swerve on Swerve. As he pointed out himself when he came to the ring to cut a promo with Trick Williams, um, Trick essentially asked Alicia to, to, in, uh, to introduce Carmelo twice as the champion, Make some noise for Mello. People were very into Mello here. I, I I'm, I'm liking these two as a pair. I think that Trick has got a really good, uh, like promo on him, and I think then he's got that kind of like excitement level. And then when you go to Hayes, he's a bit more measured in the way that he delivers things, but still has kind of he can build his own hype, which is really really good. Um, and he kind of put out the you know he he did the catchphrase when I shoot. 
I don't miss uh, and said, as long as this is around my waist, this is the A Championship, which was a bit of fun, which dragged out Johnny Gargano, who's not left NXT. There you go. Now we know where he is. Um, and uh, basically, I was, I was just like, oh, he's still with the company then. He says that he's lost his way because Austin's gone. Uh, Indy's got married and Candice is pregnant, which I thought this was this was good writing. And he says that, you know, essentially he's got to find a new focus. And maybe that focus is now winning back the North American title. Uh, I really liked this. I thought Johnny was great here. I thought Trick and Carmelo played off him really well. They they kind of had this little moment. I did. I wasn't so keen on the end, uh, especially seeing as it 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 sets up an inevitable tag match that I don't want to see. Um, but it's it was it was fun. It was interesting. Johnny's a really good choice for a first challenger for Carmelo as well. What do you think, Tempest? I totally agree. I think I agree with everything that you just said. I thought that. Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes, I think, are a good pair. A lot of the time, it seems like their segments run a little bit long. And I don't think that's especially their fault, because I don't think they had anything to do with the blocking out of Dexter Loomis coming out and and whatever. But it did feel like this segment just kind of went on a little bit too long. Nitpick aside, I think Johnny Gargano is like a perfect first opponent for Carmelo Hayes. You're not going to find a better worker in NXT than this guy. It seems like they're really starting to lean into him as a babyface again, which I've always thought that Johnny Gargano is a better babyface than a heel. He can be an entertaining heel, but when you've got top-notch babyfaces like him, like Sami Zayn, you know, you gotta you gotta support them as babyfaces. And it looks like they're gonna be doing that now. And I think that's just awesome. I'm really looking forward to this match. I don't know if you could put together a match in NXT that I'd be looking forward to more in the ring than Gargano and, and Hayes right now. Yeah, I think like people are just desperate to to cheer Johnny. And that's that's really nice to kind of see that come full circle and like, you know, Champa's back on top as well. So it's nice that NXT still has some little semblance of the thing that it was before, even though it's all mixed in and new. And like like I was saying to Pete last week, I think NXT never had a problem with building new stars by having them go up against the older guys. It's when the newer guys are just winning over the older guys for no reason because they're bigger or whatever, or you've decided that they're in every single facet of NXT from the get-go as they've just elevated everyone suddenly to the position of like, here's our new main event couple of people. Here's our new North American champion couple of people. Here's our new lower in the roster few people. Whereas before, you'd work your way up. And mm-hmm. that would then make sense. You'd have a journey. You'd, you'd grow as a character in front of people and they would want you to win these things. But I was saying last week as well that I think Carmelo Hayes is one of the few people in NXT who is new, who has earned that position of feeling like he should be this champion. He's a perfect mid-card guy. And yeah, going up against Johnny Gargano is the perfect choice. This is how, in old NXT, you would make a star. So I'm pleased to see this happening. Um not necessarily pleased was they they had a little go at Johnny's daughter and then Dexter Loomis his son-in-law is there to attack them from behind and chase them off Johnny is then left in the they 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 clear out the ring cuz Dexter scares them off and Johnny now has possession of the North American title which leads uh, which leads uh, Mello and Trick to be looking for it for the rest of the show how does that make you feel Tempest shaking your head cool I've never been one where it's just like, I've got your belt. Ha ha, come and get it. Come and get the belt. Especially when it's like the baby face has taken the belt. 
I don't know. It. I think they could have stopped at, hey, you're the new champion. I want to be the champion again. I'm the mm-hmm. best wrestler on this brand. I'm going to beat you for it. And I would have been hooked. I would have been totally hooked for this match. And then they kind of went with the Halloween. I'm Dexter Loomis. Uh, spooky. Let me take your belt angle. And I went, no, oh, I don't think you needed to do that. Yeah, it just makes it seem like that's just... Because it seems like the match they're trying to go with is going to have some spooky, weird, haunted house element to it as well. Like, I feel like it's, this is going to be like a one of their weird dalliances with cinematic nonsense where uh, Hayes and uh, Trick are going to have to go around Dexter's house essentially to find this belt. And that is the that's the red herring they need that the the. the you know, this is the thing, the sort of impetus they need to go around and find it, um, which is just sad. And yeah, like, I think it, if you're going to do a belt stealing angle, it's fun to do if you've built up a bit of a relationship between these two people. These two people have not interacted before yeah. necessarily. So like, it's just weird that Johnny, the baby face, would steal the belt on the first outing because to be fair, nothing like beyond they said a, they said a bit of a rude thing, nothing else happened in this in this promo exchange beyond really setting up a match. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I think if you had done this belt stealing angle with like uh, Cameron Grimes and LA Knight a few months ago, I think that would have worked much better and it would have kind of played into their, the comedy of their angle better than what I was kind of hoping from this, which is more a, a serious match and a star making performance perhaps. No, no, it's a cheap escape. The undertaker, which was already. Yes. Cheap. So imagine was... a cheaper one of that. <laughs> oh man. They could put it on Hulu instead of Netflix. Mm. But anyway, so Odyssey Jones comes out after that and he high-fives Johnny Gargano on his way out and uh, goes for a high-five with Loomis, but Loomis isn't having any of it. He's against Andre Chase, the second man ever to wrestle in a jumper uh, after Bray Wyatt. Uh, he must be awfully hot. Um, this was pretty much a squash match. Uh, Odyssey Jones just nails him, does a big splash, wins. Annoyingly... This had build. They built yep. to this squash, which just is nonsense. Like yeah. they, we've had weeks of the same joke of the Andre of Andre Chase getting annoyed when he tells people to cheat during his university thing, and someone points out that that's what he's told them to do, and then he swears and kicks them out of the class to build to this Odyssey Jones match, and it was just nothing. It was just it was just a thing. So like you you actually did some setup here, and you've just decided to do absolutely nothing with it once again i think i think i had a realization watching the show last week of one of the main reasons that i'm not a big fan of nxt 2.0 is they spend so much time on people that lose in matches like this Mm -hmm. you know you you look at good wrestling shows and you might do a, a quick little hey this is who i am if you're seeing them for the first time or something but they do vignettes and they do promos. They do backstages. They do guy gets interfered with in his matches all just to build to like a three minute squash. I feel like it's such a waste of time that can be used for, for better things. Well, also this should have been like, if you're going to dedicate that much time to something, why aren't you dedicating it to building up Odyssey Jones? Yeah. Why aren't you dedicating it to having him have more matches or to find out more about his character and not loser Andre Chase who, I think you get you could like you got his character from the one the one vignette would have been fine because to be perfectly honest all the other vignettes were the same vignette 
because it was the same joke. We get it. He's an angry man who wants to, he wants to cheat and he gets angry when you point out that it's cheating and not technical wrestling know-how. Completely fine. Yeah, but this is just it was it was fine. Andre Chase looked okay in the bit that he got in. Odyssey Jones obviously looks great and is very strong and very big. That's fantastic. But yeah, I don't I can't understand. I cannot fathom why this had so much build for what it was. Um, we then got a diamond mine promo uh, as uh, Bivens talks about the Creed brothers earning an opportunity uh, for the tag titles, but being overlooked. So instead, they're going to take it and they then have a match against Imperium. I feel like the Creed brothers little diamond mine singlets looked a lot like pajamas. Scenario. <laughs> they they had a real a real baby grow quality to them uh, because of the, the way the I don't know so about the logo just made it look like a little they were wearing little baby grows to me. Um, <laughs> I thought this was good. Like I thought the, these two teams worked really well together. The Creeds do good wrestling. I I like these guys and they you know it is very. Um, amateur wrestling inspired in that sense of it's a lot of sort of waist locks and takedowns and that kind of thing but they do them so incredibly well well i can't i i don't know which one is which i'll never learn it so i don't care there was an amazing um sort of takedown where he rolled over through a thing and picked him up like it was nothing and then just started dumping him over dumping him around that was really great um eichner got a really good hot tag in in which he squatted one of the uh one of the creeds in the middle of it uh but then when bartel comes back in he jumps into a dive gets dumped this is where it gets weird though because then yep. kashida and uh ikamanjiro run down to inter well to sort of interrupt the match and they run in on diamond mine uh, but one of the creeds comes out to fight them in the sort of on the ramp and starts swinging, which is fine. Like if the person in the match attacks the person who's run down, we know that that is in the rules. You don't necessarily have to stop the match for that. However, Kashida and Jiro started fighting back. So that is a disqualification that the referee was looking at. But then yeah. there was a roll up. And <laughs> during the roll up, he kicked out before three. But we said three. And they and then they rang the bell uh, because Imperium won. It was just, this was just like this was NXT. This was this was they did an NXT match and then they did a Raw finish where they just yep. chucked a load of stuff at it. Because uh, then not even that wasn't even the end of it. Because then Imperium are jumped by MSK. <laughs> um, and I get the fact that this is trying to set up like this is trying to set up a multi-man tag match, but. Um, this is just so dumb. Like this just had too too much dumb stuff. And again, like why are you having why are you having these no stakes things happen just so you can have a bunch of run ins and nothing happen nothing means anything if everything ends in a really weird, stupid way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't understand hardly any of this match after the actual wrestling stopped being the focus. You know, I missed last week's show because I'm not going to watch this NXT show on my week off. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Was there any kind of turn involving Imperium and MSK last week? Because for goodness sake, I I didn't understand Imperium being booked as baby faces in this match, which I guess, you know, they're facing the Creed brothers. So it's a double heel match, but they worked as the baby faces. So, okay, I can deal with that. But then they get jumped by MSK, who last I checked are still technically baby faces. The crowd has decided otherwise because <laughs> they got heartily booed mm. in this beatdown angle, which, I mean, 
fair enough. They they beat on a guy two on one. That's not babyface behavior. I just don't get the booking of this one, and I don't really understand the need to beat the Creed brothers when they've been pushed pretty strong and could be one of those teams, kind of like maybe an Authors of Pain that gets built up underneath, beats a bunch of these jobber teams, and eventually beats an established team and then challenges for the tag titles. I think that's very simple booking that they just kind of throw away these days just for the sake of having a, a shock shock win. So, I don't know. It was yeah. a bit messy. Too much going on. Well, if the running had just caused a disqualification, it would have, like, it still could annoy the Creed brothers, you know, that they didn't yeah. get to finish the match they were having and then, the, you know... They won, but because of disqualification, and then they would still have perfect reason to be like, we have unfinished business with Imperium, and now we have unfinished business with Kushida and Jiro. Um, but yeah, this was just, this. it was just too many things. This was just like so much being chucked at a finish that it just, it actually just undid the work of what was actually probably one of the better matches on the show, um, which was a shame. Speaking of yeah. the show... Let's speak okay. about this, Tempest. Uh, Kyler Riley and Von Wagner went to the woods together, didn't they? they that sure was a thing did. that happened. This was this was insane. This was <laughs> this was so dumb. When so I said bizarre. last week, when I said, "Oh well, it looks like Kyle's singles push is done because he's just going to be friends with Von Wagner now," I was only half serious about that, you know. And yeah, no, that looks like what's happening. Kyle turns up with a mountain bike, ready to go mountain biking. Von pulls up in a, in a in a car or in a truck and says, no, no, where we're going, you won't need a mountain bike. And leads him into the woods to find a big tree trunk, a big tree branch, which he then carries through the woods, makes Kyle carry through the woods, and then they do a workout with it, Tempest. Oh, yeah. So manly. Look at these two manly men's just working out in the woods with a big bit of tree. Doesn't that make you like wrestling, Tempest? Doesn't it make you like wrestling? And yeah. then, oh, they share a beer. Real men. Couple yeah. of dudes being bros. Couple of bros being men. Hell yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I love, I love the fact that when they, because then they have the beer and like he goes, oh yeah, there's one last thing to complete this day, and he pulls the beer out and gives it to Carl. And Carl's go, Kyle, in a completely unactorly, in the unactorly way of Kyle O'Reilly, because Kyle is like, Kyle's a goofy promo, like he's a kind of out there, weird promo guy, and he always worked better in the undisputed era because he had other people to bounce off. He had Adam Cole holding the whole thing together and everyone else got to throw in their little jibes. And when Kyle's the focus of delivering a bit of acting or a promo, it always comes off as a little bit stilted, but quite funny and goofy. And here he goes, you're really out there. Maybe we could get on the same page. <laughs> Cheers the beers. <laughs> it sucked so much. Oh, Why? Man. Why did they do this? I don't know. I mean, it's so weird because th they've done so many of these weird ass vignettes since mm. NXT started changing. Like the one that sticks out to me the most is when they had Io Shirai and Zoe Stark go to the, the Japanese restaurant. And it was just the worst thing I'd ever seen where I can imagine that they're sitting in the writer's room and they're like, OK, we need a segment where Io and Zoe try and be friends. And that's that's a fine first bullet point, and then it all goes wrong. Mm. I look at this the same way, where it's like, 
we need a vignette of Vaughn Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly bonding, working out. Okay, you can do that. That's not a bad idea. But then you just get bogged down with so much goofy crap and terrible dialogue. <laughs> if they Which didn't have cheap, the terrible as well to dialogue. Be like, we've gone oh. to the woods. It doesn't... Also, because it's not like... <laughs> One, it's not out there that a man who is professionally a wrestler works out outside. Yeah. Like, it, that's not insane. Like, Carl was like, oh, you're really kooky for being in the woods. Like, oh, piss off. Um, two, like... You were a fedora and your name's Cool Kyle. Yeah. Don't tell him he's but also, weird. But also, like, it's not a character. It's not... It's not character tempest he just what he hits tires with a hammer and he carries a log it's not a character like at least th there's a reason people are cheering tony d'angelo because at least it's a at least it's a thing it makes yeah. sense he's got a thing that he, he's got a thing that he is and his character's built around it and then he's got a catchphrase like that feels very wrestling Von Wagner holding bigger objects than him and doing squats <laughs> is, not, is not a character. And Kyle O'Reilly should not be his friend. He is exactly the sort of person that old Kyle O'Reilly would have called a dork and a dweeb. And I hate it. And I wish this didn't happen. Stupid wow. broke back mountain bloody <laughs> workout section. I hate it. So dumb. Terrible stuff. Oh, I um, hadn't thought of it that way, though. That Kyle O'Reilly would hate Von Wagner. He'd hate him. Like two, yeah. Oh, man. This so depresses me. You I love Kyle O'Reilly. Really oh, wow. You're really out there, man. Whoa, you're a really yeah. weird guy. I like you. Maybe we can get on the same page. All right. Let's 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 do some more squats. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus wept. Um, we then had a, we then had a little promo from Joe Gacy who who has been hit and miss oh, in NXT Christ. so far. There's I been hits. Like, I I think like there's bits of it that work and there are bits of it that don't. And I think the kind of the 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 way they phrase his stuff and the kind of the confusion over what he it's because they they obviously had a character for him that first week when he got completely rinsed online for mm -hmm. all the the white the kind of the classic WWE, ah, ha, ha, people have empathy, so they must be bad. And if you have empathy, you're a bad person and screw you for being woke, etc. That kind of thing. Like when Daniel Bryan wanted to protect the planet, so he must have been a heel. Um, mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Um, and so then they changed it to so they sort of muddled, they sort of just took the words again and then they just shook the bag and they tipped him out. And now he just says stuff about snowflakes and empathy that doesn't make any sense. He's sort of become the Bray Wyatt of, of uh, yeah, <laughs> um, sort of soft speak, softly spoken meditational uh, nonsense. But here he's doing all of that. And you're like, well, what in the hell are you doing? And then they do this one little bit where he says, reach out and take my hand. And then they just do a, there's just a really good bit of filming and a reveal shot as Harland appears through glass essentially uh to take his hand and then that partnership that was set up last week vaguely set up by the weird moment where joe gacy touched harlan on the face and harlan was suddenly transported back to being like are you my dad um that all <laughs> happened again and now they're gonna probably do something at halloween havoc and the monster we're gonna finally see him do something in the ring i imagine um 
I think Gacy and Haaland could be a really interesting team. I hope they just take Gacy off of the current character track that he's on. I think maybe him... There's something in him having a kind of understanding and a sympathy and an empathy for a monster. That's really good. But just drop all the stuff talking talking outwardly to the audience and just using Vince's own weird insecurities to needle people. That's All that crap can go. Just focus on the understanding who Haaland is and being the only person who can. That's really fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Joe Gacy is a good wrestler. So it's not like you've put a bad character on a bad wrestler and there's just nothing there and I want him to go away forever. I want Joe Gacy to be able to beat Joe Gacy. And the delivery of his material is fine. It's just the material itself is crap. So if you take the same delivery and the same kind of like the way he carries himself, but apply it to a tag partner like Harland, who is as green as can be and could benefit from having Joe Gacy as a partner. I think that's a much better avenue to go than just be like, yes, snowflake triggered, etc., etc. You know, get rid of that part, focus on the good stuff and you'll be fine. I don't think they're going to do that though. No, he's going to, he's, he'll remain a heel forever for, for having empathy. That's, that's yeah. the, that's the key, the crux of the crux of the argument, Tempest. Uh, we then got a Legado del Fantasma promo where Santos Escobar say he's usually blessed by Lady Luck, but last week that didn't quite happen. Um, he calls out Carmelo Hayes for stealing the win, calls him a lucky son of a bitch, uh, and then goes to offer the microphone to Electra Lopez, which brings out Cora Jade for a match where Cora Jade steals the win and then runs off backstage. She is she's becoming more and more. Uh, another page <laughs> got a roll up did you i see yeah it's like it's cool it's another it's another short match you know there's just a lot of short matches on nxt where there's not really anything to talk about this was like mm -hmm. a reverse squash where she got squashed throughout and then lost or or then won mm -hmm. it's, it's cool it's whatever it just kind of it makes me kind of sad that electro lopez was introduced as part of uh legato del fantasma less than two months ago and she's already kind of getting beat in matches like this. It feels like yeah. as soon as they moved Hit Row on, they just had nothing for her in particular. I don't know. I think this whole faction should have gotten called up. Yeah, I think they were like, I just, I think maybe she would be better to, to continue to just be a manager kind of role if they don't have any real plans for her. Because, um, yeah, she's kind of the weak link in the chain, it turns out now, because the rest of them are like, well booked doing well mm -hmm. in nxt essentially uh, as evidenced by some of the stuff that later happened because we then got the persia parata io shirai and jc jane uh shenanigans um and then we saw legado del fantasma backstage beating some people up in front of cora jade being like see that's why you don't roll up electra lopez uh but um what are their names the, the hillbilly bunch, and, uh, the hillbilly bunch are yeah they're 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 also getting involved in that so that sets up that seemingly sets up something for later, but I feel like the commentary didn't really bother with that. Like mm. it was quite obvious that this whole bit was to set up what was going to happen later in the show, and commentary just sort of skirted over it, being like, "Oh, something's happening backstage." Moving on, and then we, Tony D'Angelo said some stuff again, uh, which is all good stuff, but it's just stuff. <laughs> he's <laughs> just kidnapped someone. He's yes, a, he's yeah. a real criminal. He's not we even just that. like I'm a I'm a make him disappear. Forget about it. Now it's, yeah, there's a dude in my trunk. 
Yeah, but I mean, there's also Dexter Loomis exists, and he's done that before. So I know. didn't like that either. <laughs> yeah, well, this, this is this but Tempest is not, and also Legado yeah, del Fantasma also Legado del Fantasma kidnapped people last week, which we've never seen again. So it's like there's a yeah. lot of kidnap going on in NXT. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of kidnappers. It's a weird place to work, uh, as evidenced by uh, Ikemenjiro. Uh, interrupting a Wii that Kushida was happening, was having to try to say that they should be tag partners. I thought Just they already were. Wait, they, well, they both came out. They the came out together, yeah, earlier yeah. in the show, and then just to cement it, Jiro <laughs> Jiro asked Kushida at his weakest moment. His <laughs> wang was out, so he thought this is the best time to ask. Uh, asked him to team up. Um, Kushida basically said that I want I want a fancy jacket as well, and he was like, no, 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 because you're Kushida, and then tips tips Kushida's bag out on a toilet floor, which is just that's gross. That's just that is just bad behaviour, and then yep. puts the puts the um, the jacket on the the puffer jacket on uh, Kushida and says it's time to go back to the future essentially. So kind of putting Kushida back to where he was before, but I don't feel... I feel like Kushida's never not been that Kushida necessary. Like, he wore jeans for a bit mm-hmm. when he was sort of, like, brawling Kushida, and then he, he's transferred back to kind of, like, his older gear. But, yeah. I don't know. I don't... This didn't... This just felt weird. Just a very yeah. strange segment of the show. And, like, obviously, that's that's what Jiro's about, but... Yeah. Why? I don't know. Wash your damn hands. I can't believe how much happened here. And it was like, he was just full on knob (laughs) out, taking a wee. And now you're, you're fist pumping and touching his stuff and touching up his jacket. And I'm like, Oh, stop. No, please. I would oh, never have been his tag partner if if you tip my stuff on the floor in the toilet, Tempest. <laughs> I'm never tagging with you. That's it. Okay. I, I'm, I'm also never wearing those clothes again. Yeah. I was about to say, Kushida's got to go to the store and get a, a whole new set of luggage. Yeah. But he turned around and was like, yes, please crown me in the, the jacket you've just put on the floor in the toilet. Man. The, the nut stuff happened on this NXT. Sure did. And I feel like somehow might have been that on wasn't one. the weirdest thing that happened on the show because the Kylo Riley Von Wagner Woods loving was the best mm-hmm. was the weirdest thing that happened. Not the best thing. Sorry, that was a weird Freudian <laughs> slip. <laughs> um, we then got Tony huh. D'Angelo versus Ru Feng, who I think they spent five seconds on his name. Uh, Ru Feng does kung fu. Unbelievable. Um, Tony D'Angelo says it was as easy as beating up his brother to put him in a headlock and he gives him a little noogie. Um, and then he does his sort of bridging suplex, rolls through and does a sort of fisherman's twisting neck breaker type thing to pick up uh-huh. a very, very easy victory. He then, get, he then gets interviewed by Samantha Irvin, who says, uh, who tries to ask him about where the where Mark, the producer from Lashing Out with Lash Legends, has gone. Uh, <laughs> which might explain why the show is so bad. Probably doesn't. Um, he says he doesn't know nothing about nothing, gives her some money, tells her to get herself something nice, take care of herself, and forget about it. Forget about it. Uh, it's a character. It's a character. Yeah. It's got things going on. It's it's a shame that it's all wrapped up in the Lash Legend stuff, which lashing out might be one of the worst things I've ever seen, but then we did have the wood stuff. So I don't know. 
NXT yeah. 2.0 is weird. It it's sure is. Weird. It sure is. This guy is a bright spot on this show. Mm. I will say that. He's got a fun character that people are into. Everyone can tweet the emoji every time he's on he's on screen. So he's got like that little extra tie-in. He's got a thing. And so many mm. of these other characters, like you see Duke Hudson's playing poker. I could not care less about that character. He doesn't have a thing. Tony D'Angelo has a thing. He also shares a name with a bad person, so you could have fixed that, but they never did. So, Tony D'Angelo, what do you got to do? Forget about it. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's interesting as well because, like, they've clearly seen that you know something like Tony D'Angelo works for the NXT crowd, so they've suddenly mm-hmm. tried to inject a lot of these other guys that they had from the breakout right. tournament with a, a, a hook or a gimmick. Like it's, it's it feels like very much like they've done that kind of WWE thing of going like we're doing we're doing character class this week and then they've all graduated their character class and been like I do poker yeah <laughs> I wear a jacket that kind of like it, it feels like that's kind of what's happened here and I feel like D'Angelo is the only person who's got a gimmick that suits the person he is he's mm. chosen something that actually makes sense whereas yeah Duke Hudson suddenly playing poker. And then Andre Chase running a university. Andre Chase running a university does kind of make sense. And I like wow. it, but not if he's going to lose, you know? They really did hit, like, almost everyone in this breakout tournament. You know, it's like, I don't know if you if you watched uh, the 2015 Tough Enough show, but there was, like, an episode of that show where you go and you're doing character class and everyone, mm. like, draws a, a thing from a hat and it's like, this guy is the British brawler. This guy is... The king of the ring. This girl is whatever, whatever. And they were just like generic bits. Mm-hmm. It feels like everyone went and drew from a hat. And yeah. and Joe Gacy got woke savior. Tony D'Angelo got Italian mobster. Duke Hudson got poker player. Andre Chase got <laughs> teacher. And it's like, it feels weird for 2021 to just be like, here's a bunch of gimmicks. Like, really heavy gimmicks. None of them feel like themselves. Tony D'Angelo is probably the closest one. And that's my maybe why I like it. Yeah, I think because, like, NXT before, obviously, I think people had gimmicks. They had stuff about them and, like, sure. their way of doing things. Or, like, it was it was, it was was more usually led by their athleticism that, that kind of determined the way in which they were presented. Or, like, Alistair Black, it was very, like, heavily influenced by what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas this just feels like, yeah, like you said, people have just lucky dipped into a bag full of quite cheesy gimmicks. It feels like a party game, essentially. <laughs> like yeah. this this has got kind of parlor game. This has got snake oil vibes where it's just like, <laughs> you are this guy, sell it. Uh, and that, yeah, that to me just doesn't make sense. You know, we then saw Duke Hudson on this episode right after this in his poker room saying he's always open to taking suckers' money or beating them in the wrestling ring. Two things that go together perfectly well. Yeah, nice go home line. Wins. Yeah, yeah, no, need the house because the house always wins. That's, that's, that's a good little line. They thought of one line. They, that, yeah. I think that this is the problem with a lot of these characters. They are one line deep, and that is a major issue. But yeah, obviously mm-hmm. Tony D'Angelo is really working that one line. Forget about it. <laughs> Forget uh, about it. We then we're going to get Brooks Jensen and Briggs, whatever his surname is. Uh, versus Legado del Fantasma, but they've been attacked before the match happens. Uh, and um, basically they get beaten up. We then cut to a break 
coming back from the break, it's revealed that during the break, Brooks and Jensen, Brooks and Jensen, no, Briggs and Jensen. Yeah. Briggs and Jensen came out being like, oh man, we're still going to have this match. They pushed some attendants who were trying to make them go to the back. They then have the match uh, and get worked over for a lot of it because they're quite heavily injured from chair shots. Um, there's a really good bit where Briggs gets out of the ring and he get, tries to get in Santos's face, gets distracted by Wild or Mendoza, who's also on the outside. And Santos just from perfectly still, just rushes and pushes him into the apron really fast and then goes back to sitting really still on the announce table while looking swish as all hell. Mm-hmm. I, I love Santos Escobar. I love Legado del Fantasma. I think they're so, so good. And this was, I thought this was actually like a pretty good little match. Again, it was just a bit kind of confusing towards the end. Yeah, a little bit. I think they did a good job of protecting the big, tough baby faces and mm. making them want to go out and fight, even though they'd been attacked. You know, it was a way to protect them and have them still lose to the smaller heels. And I think that was effective. You know, you don't need to have them come back next week and attack people two on one like MSK did. So that's not babyface behavior. This was, you know, they were valiant. They didn't get the win, but they had that fighting spirit, even though they'd been attacked. So I think they they booked that part of it well enough. Mm. And I also really like Santos Escobar. I was listening to the, the F4W shows this week where they're just like, he is your next Hispanic superstar. You know, they've missed out on so many guys for whatever reason over the years. He is effectively the total package for mm. what they're looking for. I don't know why he's in NXT. You know, I said earlier he should have been called up. They all should have been called up. This group is just great. Yeah, I like my the only reason to keep him in NXT is you want to make him the NXT champion. But I don't think I don't think they're going to do that. I think he I will be. Think. I think if if Bron Breaker wins the championship next week, I can see Santos Escobar being a first challenger, mm. and then hopefully they would move him up, move him up after that. But um, I yeah, they're gonna like he's got. If it doesn't happen in the next six months, I think he's just kind of will have floundered by that point because yeah they should have just gone up with hit row to smackdown and just continued doing that with more matches because once yeah. we got the match once we actually got the match that was being built for so long in nxt it was bloody awesome and i'd happily watch swerve and uh santos do it again and again and again um so yeah uh the god of phantasma pick up the win with their tilt a whirl russian leg sweep with a running kick thing that doesn't the tilt a well bit makes no sense yeah. at all, but it's fun. It looks nice. Uh, and then we've got a Raquel Gonzalez slash Mandy promo. El Gonzalez basically said while Mandy was dyeing her hair, she's been in the gym a lot doing gym stuff. So she's going to win. Mandy said, I'm amazing. Look at me. I'm Mandy Rose. I'm going to win. I'm just so sexy. I will win because I'm so sexy. I actually enjoyed this vignette. I thought this was a good yeah, promo. It's good. I'm not like I'm not super hyped for the match. Uh, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that if this is given time and it's got a good, it's got a good stipulation from the wheel, then Mandy Rose can kind of rise to the occasion and show us a bit more. Because yeah, I don't think she's ever necessarily shown us that kind of like she should be going for a top title kind of contention mm-hmm. levels. Uh, we then got another promo from whoever that is digging a grave uh, where they put a TV, a playing card, a crutch, a chair. And then they in in a grave and bury it, and then they smash a mirror, and said something about reincarnation. But I don't know. I couldn't really pick no it up because the, the audio was so the audio was so terrible. They said something something leads to reincarnation, 
Who do we think it is? Probably Dakota Kai. In my head, but I don't know. Sure. I, I have not the slightest clue who this might mm. be. You know, but we're going to get the reveal next week, so that is yeah. that's something interesting to watch out for. Uh, a little bit of excitement for next week. And they also said that um, what's his face, uh, Seeker Solo, or what's his name? His, uh, Solo Solo Sakao. That's something it. like yeah, that. He's, yeah, he's he's going to be uh, debuting next week as well at Halloween Havoc, which is good. Um, we then got uh, Hayes and Trick looking for the title in the lockers. Obviously not checking the locker that's got a light in it and smoke coming out of it. <laughs> no, but let's look in Jiro's locker first. Make sure that he hasn't got the title. It's uh, like a video yeah. game. Yeah. It's like that's the chest that's lit up right there. I bet it's in that one. Trick pulls out uh, a picture that's been drawn by Dexter Loomis, obviously, and some sort of invitation says, I think they wrote it in DaVinci Code. They've been invited to some sort of Halloween house party that they have to go to. Um after that, LA Knight took on Grayson Waller in a competition to be the host of Halloween Havoc, a most prestigious honour. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on in NXT. Oh, like, man. Remember when Shotzi was just the host? She was just yeah. the host. It was also because she was the most spooky. Like, that makes sense. LA Knight hosting Halloween Havoc doesn't make any sense. But fine, you do you, NXT. Cool. We we got a, a good it. match. We got a good match out of it. I enjoyed mm-hmm. these two together. I didn't care about this stupid ass stipulation, but take your hits when you can. Yeah, this was this was another thing that this like this is something that you can chuck a match into a show. You've got something that's vaguely worth fighting over, and you give it five minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is this is the problem with NXT. They just they didn't they don't give anything enough time to really get going, and this never quite got going. As a match, um, I didn't like Waller's little silly white gloves either. Uh, he almost got two rolls up, roll ups on night uh, very early on, and then he goes on the ropes to do a sort of he's like sidles along the ropes quite precariously to do a splash. Uh, night rushes him, he jumps off, rolls through, uh, and then runs straight into a blunt force trauma. Night picks up the win. So like, it, I don't know. This is nxt seems to be smoothing out all the elements where before they would have just had like 20 minute matches they would have just dedicated some time you know and this is the thing when they're going up against going up against AEW, they did a lot of longer matches to be like we're building hype for something on a weekly basis for you to show and now the show just feels like it's it's got that same odd pacing that raw has where everyone is walking out during somebody else's entrance or so, somebody else is leaving the ring and somebody else is entering all the time, which just isn't the way wrestling is yeah. clean. They're fist bumping in the aisles, blah, 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 blah. So we can fit more promo packages in about whether or not Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly are going to go mountain biking or not, or whether Duke Hudson plays poker. Like, just put more wrestling in your wrestling show. I don't I don't understand. Like, why, why are they so obsessed with this uh, idea that wrestling only needs to be five minutes long, and that is that's that's what you know that's enough for the people who like wrestling because you know we tell stories here. It's like other TV exists and it does stories better than this, so I've clearly come here for the wrestling. I don't know what did you think your USP was, <laughs> morons. Um, Jesus, uh, we then got Champa versus Bron Breaker, Champa, sorry, Champa and Bron Breaker. Versus grizzled young veterans. I actually wanted to make this the title of the video. Uh, I didn't because I don't think it's uh, 
<laughs> I didn't because I don't think it's uh, going to track very well. So we went with a JC Jane, in, uh, JC Jane injury, potential injury that seems more uh, newsworthy. However, this was WWE leaning into the meme. And I do not like that they think they can lean into the meme. That's the only glimmer of hope that we have with your rubbish booking is that we get to take the piss out of it. You can't also take the piss out of it for being crap and then still do it. That is not (laughs) funny or interesting or clever. Useless. Yeah. Uh, Man. Saying wink, wink, nudge, nudge, haha, can they coexist? Like, acknowledging the problem is not fixing the problem. Mm. You know? They're not... They're not self-aware enough to be able to pull this off. You know, like this, this sort of thing is the kind of thing I would expect to see like on, on being the elite, maybe like a comedy show that's very Mm -hmm. self-aware and can make fun of itself. If something goes wrong, they're just like, Hey, we're doing the bad thing again. Ha ha. You guys like to make jokes about it. We'll make the jokes too. Yeah. They coexist. The problem is also, though, because the memes exist, that social media interaction and WWE is fueled by people just having a reaction. So, like, it doesn't matter to them necessarily whether it's a good or a bad reaction, as long as people are reacting to it. So the best thing to do if they do a main event in which people who are having a match later in the week or the next week or at pay-per-view or whatever have to do a tag match and can't coexist is just don't say anything. Like, we should just cut them out of the shows. We shouldn't be really be talking about this at all. Don't say it on social media. And then they'll stop doing it because people don't care about it. That's the best way to do it. Overall, though, aside from the fact that this is absolute horse crap booking uh, to just do this again a week before uh, they're going to have a singles match, it was a perfectly fine little match. Uh, yeah. Bron does some really fun little bits like where he, he, he rolls through a drop down and, and picks uh, James Drake up like it's absolutely nothing. He is really impressive. Like he, 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 he has that Steiner quality where he's just like huge and a brick, yeah. but he moves like he's a hummingbird. Like he's, he's insane. Um, he wouldn't tag Champer in. So ta- uh, Champer does the hard tag to get himself in. He does uh, a bunch of clothesline spots, does his knee strike in the corner and does the sort of night, night taunt, but right in bronze face. Um, the grizzled young vets then do their job and start to work over Champer's injured neck, which kind of makes sense. Um, but Champer is the NXT champion. I don't necessarily want to, a week out from him having a match at Halloween Havoc, see him get worked over so that the the newer, younger, greener Bron Breaker can come in and, and be impressive and make a big save. That doesn't it doesn't make me feel good, especially when you play, you put Champa as the champion because he never lost the belt and you're putting that over as an idea as well. So like if he does lose the belt, it's going to feel cheap again that he's, he's lost this belt after having been worked over this week. And then it's to a new guy as well. Uh, Breaker also did the Steiner recliner at one point yeah. in this match. And they were like, Oh look, a recliner. <laughs> so dumb. Just call him a Steiner. <laughs> They're barking. The fans are barking during his hot tag and his shine spots and everything. Every piece of it is there. There's the siren in his entrance. Everything's there. 
they just haven't given him the name. And I think it's solely just to piss me off at this point. It's it's so weird to want the thing, but then not do the thing. Like this is again, WWE. This is the same thing as the the meme thing. Like to lean into the meme and then still do it. Mm-hmm. It's just like this is this is that as this is that same thing of being like we want no we want all the glory of like him having the legacy of being a Steiner and all the little all the little nods and the winks that we can put into everything, but we just don't want to satisfy anyone by calling him that. he would be like one of my top 10 favorite wrestlers right now if his name was just rex steiner Mm. that would complete the package i would think he's like a a perfect prospect for nxt and they are refusing to do it (laughs) absolutely refusing so Uh, yeah and then so uh, to answer the question of whether or not they can coexist, uh, they didn't necessarily. Champa tags out with a very hard tag to Breaker, who then comes in and goes to swing at Champa, who ducks. He hits James Drake instead. Uh, we then get the Steiner recliner spot. Um, and then Bron does his big gorilla press slam thing that's really blooming impressive. I think Bron's going to be really good. He's just mm. been shot into a position that, it's not even that he's not ready for. I just think the fans aren't ready for him to necessarily be there. Like three more months, two more months, like hmm. just a little bit more time. Cause he's also only had a limited number of matches. So he's not even just done the, the regular thing of coming in as a, as a monster guy and just squashing people for like a month. So come in, yeah. squash people for a month, have two good TV matches and then go after the belt. It doesn't have to be next week, Tempest. Next week. <laughs> yeah. Next week. Oh, mm-hmm. Lord. Yeah, the only other thing I'll say about this match is basically what you said. If this was the first time I'd seen this booking, I probably wouldn't have minded the, the match mm-hmm. that much because I think the match itself was, was pretty good. It's just it's it's a rerun at this point. Like, I just watched Raw. I watched Big E and Drew have the exact same match. The mm-hmm. exact same match, which I've seen three other times. It's like, <laughs> I see this match twice a week at minimum. It's like, I get it. You can do it yeah. well, but there's only so many times I can go to the same the same theater to see the same show. You know, I want to see something different. Well, that, this is the thing is like, yeah, like WWE doesn't exist. These matches don't exist in a bubble. Like it's not yeah. like you said, it's not the only thing. And like WWE as a product should know that it is draining its audience with its repetitive booking and think about that. Because mm-hmm. you know, TV show they don't make friends in friends, for instance. All six characters in Friends didn't all have the same storyline every week. They weren't all just mm-hmm. doing the same thing but separately, and we just watched it over and over again. They all had different they were all a different component of a different storyline and had their own little arcs going on. That's how you do characters. You don't just go like, no, no, every single person is coexisting with someone else this week. That is what yeah. we're going to do. But that was basically the show. The, the show ended with Bron Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa facing off in the ring as Champa clutched Goldie and Bron was not Rex Steiner. And next week, they're, they're going to... The Halloween Havoc's happening and they're going to face off for the NXT Championship and Bron Breaker is going to win it, isn't he? He's I, uh, maybe, maybe that that would be a big statement for this show. That would be a real transition from the old to the new. I don't know if it's going to happen, but 
Yeah, go for it. Who cares? What I actually th- what I actually think is going to happen is that Haaland is going to get involved in this mm, and cost Breaker the break. He's going to cost Breaker the win. Breaker and Haaland are going to have a feud. Something else happens with Tommaso Ciampa as the champion, and then probably that transition happens slightly later on. That's fine with me. I don't mind that. Overall, it was another episode of NXT that was all right. It wasn't as all right as yeah. last week's episode of NXT, which had a really good match on it. This week only had all right matches and a bunch of nonsense in the woods. Uh, so, <sighs> what are you going to do? Forget about forget it. About I, it. I can never forget about it. I'll never unsee it. Uh, but before we get into the ultra chats that come in during the show, we just need to thank some patrons and give them a little bit of a shout out. Uh, so I would like to thank the Batsman, Nathan Batty, for their support on Patreon. Yes. Golden, Nick Holden. Yeah. yeah. Thomas O'Champa, the Irish yeah. champion. <laughs> the Venerable, Jesse Venable. Yeah. John J13 Napier. Yeah. The Pagan Maker, William Pagan. Yeah. That, that one makes no sense, but <laughs> thank you, William. Uh, All Star Chuck Turner. That one makes yeah. sense. The Real Boss, Matt Robinson. Yeah. Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Is Brimstone your actual surname? Because that's awesome. I hope so. That's a great name. Always leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Here comes the money. Fred Buckland. Here we go. And Hector H. Train Mercado. Thank you very much for your support on Patreon. If you want to become a patron of WrestleTalk, then... Probably the information is in the description down below. You get access to loads of bonus content uh, like extra podcasts and the like. Um, so let us move on to your ultra chats that came in during the show. There's just a few to go through. Uh, Riot DR said, based on his performance, Von Wagner, what's his name, appears to be to be a cyborg built for combat, but is slowly learning about emotions <laughs> of the humans. <laughs> I need the T2 scene with Kyle O'Reilly teaching him how to smile. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be what happened when Von Wagner his, the first time he gets pinned he'll do that and uh, <laughs> I hate it I don't I don't it's not a character it's, it's I this like, I feel like um, Harland is the one that's more got that idea of like learning emotions as well that'd be interesting to see like like I said I think they could there's something about Joe Gacy and Harland as a team that works for me I just want it to be that that's that the focus of Joe Gacy's character is that he's the only one who can crack the nut of Harland rather than uh, um, just 
slagging off everyone else for having empathy. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Will Campbell says, hey, guys, super glad Johnny is a face again. Love him with the way, but I like him much better as a face than a heel. If there is anyone who can get a hell of a match out of Mello, it's Johnny Wrestling. Also, with this turn, potential turn of Rebel, potential return of Rebel Heart. Hashtag jam that jam. Hope so. I, I love that song. Mm. I think because also in this instance, I think the pop would have been bigger if Johnny came back with that music this episode. Mm. Like there was a moment when uh, the 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 way music interrupts Carmelo as he's talking, and because that music's a bit weird, it doesn't quite hit. Like people in the audience weren't necessarily like going crazy for Johnny until Johnny walked out, and because they were sort of like also because it could have been anyone. There's like yeah. there's four members of that faction. <laughs> if it had just been Rebel Heart, people would have gone like, "Ah, yes, Johnny." But yeah, I'm I'm really hopeful that that song returns because it absolutely slaps. Um, Charles Burke says, uh, "Well, instead of uh, instead of watching NXT 5.3, I went out with my brother to get some delicious Peking duck." Here's a joke: a father and son cannibal are eating a man. The father asks, "Son, are you having fun?" The son says, "Yeah, Dad, I'm having a ball." Jam that jam. Jesus. Charlesburg, wash your potty mouth this, out. This is the this is the bit after they cut of Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly in the woods. This is, <laughs> oh, this is their this is their food supply. This, yeah, uh, that maybe that's it. He's not. It's not that he's an emotionless robot. It's that he's a he's a cannibal. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly did not survive the night. <laughs> That's it. That's what he was doing with the. That's what they were doing with the with the tree trunk tempest. It was fanning mm. up. Eternal Blue says the comments from Adam's dad today were honestly gut bustingly ironic and funny to me. It's like Judas telling the Romans, "Don't kill Jesus, just shut up and conquer Gaul again." Funniest thing I've seen all week, and I've watched Kraken hockey. Hell yeah, go Kraken, Seattle. The Atrophy Channel says, "Hey, off-topic positivity. How do you lads feel about my favorite sandwich?" Pickle and bacon grilled cheese. Haven't tried it. My tip, my rule of thumb is I don't, uh, you know what? No, I'll, I'll give it a try. That doesn't sound too bad, actually. That's just most of the components of like a bacon cheeseburger just without the beef. If it was ham, I'd be more into it, but bacon's fine. Like, mm -hmm. I like, I don't, pickle, I don't hate pickle, it. Pickle, good. Pickle, good. Hammy side mm -hmm. meat, good. Cheese, good. Grilling all of that together, good. Yeah, it sounds great. I'm yeah. into it. What yeah. sauce goes in that is the main question, though, because it yeah. needs a sauce. Uh, Plasma oh. Petey says, do you guys think a new generation of DX would work in NXT? Absolutely not. Absolutely no, not. I think DX worked because it was people saying, Haha, Vince, I'm going to go and show my ass on TV and you can't stop me. ha <laughs> Not one person will ever do that again. To that level, just be like, "I don't care about the networks." <laughs> yeah, because that's why DX could... worked. Yeah. yeah, and the problem is, and the problem with NXT as well is that people like the management. People yeah. want the management of NXT to be left alone. So unless it was a faction, like I don't think a DX would work, but a faction in which they were after they were after the old guard to be brought back into NXT because NXT's gone downhill again. Mm. That might work, but then that's kind of a bit too inside baseball for one thing. And two, 
doing that thing that WWE likes to do where it points out there's a problem and it's rubbish <laughs> and then just leans into it for some reason. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think that would be a good idea at all. I think, I think we got close with Undisputed Era. You know, yes, it was yeah, kind definitely. of the same feel a little bit, but now we've done that. So now do a, a different, a different thing. I can definitely see, I can also definitely see a world in which NXT maybe leans a bit more on the idea of the thing that AEW does very well, which is they bring in legendary talent to manage younger guys and give a bit of the shine to them. So like something in which Shawn Michaels decides that, you know, rather than just being a backstage hand on the tiller for NXT, he's going to directly manage his a protege or something or a team of people. That could be something that that might work in, in, in a sense, but they have to not be DX. Yeah. It has to just be something else that seems to have sort of drawn the, the passion of uh, Shawn Michaels back into sort of the, the wrestling sphere. Uh, but that is all we've got time for. That's all the Ultra Chats we have. Thank you so much for sending them in. Thank you so much for your comments and for watching the video. Please leave it a like if you have enjoyed it and go listen to the audio version where there's even more banter from me and Tempest. There are more Wrestle Talk things coming up this week. Tempest has reminded me we're probably not doing AEW Dynamite because that is also on Saturday. But you do have the Friday magazine show with Adam and Denise. You have got SmackDown on Saturday. And tomorrow, well, actually, after this, you've got predictions with Ollie and Adam. So look out for that on the channel. And you've also got Crown Jewel, which I forgot to put over in the audio version of the podcast. But Adam and Ollie will be doing live reactions to Crown Jewel Tomorrow evening, whatever time that is, <laughs> I won't be watching it. Saudi Arabia. So, Tempest, it's your time now. You asked me, what, what are my interests outside of wrestling? Uh, I and mean, we've spoken about video games, so I'm guessing video games is one of yours, specifically PS2 era retro games. <laughs> what else? Well, video games are are pretty big. I've been playing a lot of video games over the last week during my time off. But the other one that I'd have to say, because no one ever wants to talk about wrestling on on this channel, that's that's passe. The other one probably would have to be comic books and comic book related things i spent a good long while of my time off uh watching comic book shows that i hadn't uh gotten a chance to to catch up on i watched almost all of the boys which i enjoyed pretty much pretty much thoroughly uh and i've got just an absolute mountain of comics next to my bed that i've i've been meaning to get around to for like two years and just never did so I'm working my way through all of that as well as a few shows and it's all thumbs up. I love a little bit of comics watching all the stuff from DC fandom. That's a good time. So what are you, what are you? Are you a, a Marvel? Are you a DC? Are you a hipster? Do you like image? Is, which is it? <laughs> uh, I keep going back and forth. Like when I, when I was like a really uh, little kid, when I was like 10, I, I was like, full-on Marvel, didn't like DC. I thought the Justice League were lame and everything. And then I 
actually grew up a little bit and started paying attention to the characters and everything. And I was really into DC for a while. Now I've kind of shifted back towards Marvel a little bit. You know, now that I've, I've just started getting into reading more of the X-Men stories, I was reading Heroes for Hire a little bit. I read Secret Wars. So just like kind of knocking off a bunch of uh, the big, the big main stories from, from Marvel. And I've really enjoyed that just because for a long time, I kind of wanted to latch onto particular characters as opposed to like the X-Men or the Fantastic Four or the Avengers and that sort of thing. And once I kind of got past that, it really opened up a lot more Marvel content uh, for me to be able to read. So right now I'd probably say Marvel, honestly. And that, that would have surprised me from 10 years ago, maybe. I've always been Marvel. I read DC for a little... When they did the New 52, I started right. reading DC and did like a lot of that for a year. And then I just burned out. And I was like, uh, all the characters I liked are weird. <laughs> They're just all <laughs> like... Obviously, like Batman is still... Batman is still top of the DC tree. But then I was like, ah, Swamp Thing, Animal Man. That's my jam. None of these yeah. other ones. Don't like any of the others. I don't know. DC just feel like to me, the DC guys just don't, they just don't do it. And I just think the kind of, I was always into the X-Men and that was always my thing. I just thought the X-Men was so cool. And uh, yeah, the, the more recent stuff that like Jonathan Hickman did, mm. uh, rewriting their entire history and changing the kind of like status quo of how mutantdom is treated in the Marvel universe with the whole uh, powers and house of X storylines. And now, Krakoa existing is like a living island that they all exist on. That is wicked. I love that stuff. And like, I love the fact that the X-Men comics have spun out into all these different bits and they've taken part as a nation in uh, all the kind of global conflicts now. Um, so yeah, that's always what drew me back to Marvel. And then like, yeah, I got into sort of, I always tried to read singular characters as well. I really liked mm -hmm. sort of like some of Iron Fist's standalone stuff. I really enjoyed like Hawkeye's standalone stuff, Daredevil, that kind of thing. Uh, spider-man obviously as well but yeah, yeah the more and more that they chuck in loads and loads of characters the less and less interested i generally am apart from when it is the x-men because they are weird and they have weird powers and the weird ones always make it on the team and i love what <laughs> yeah. weird characters in it no I, I i totally agree i mean for the longest time my favorite characters were always spider-man daredevil you know those were the ones that would always represent from from Marvel. Whereas on on the DC side of things, you know you had Batman, of course. But I love Nightwing. Nightwing's still my favorite superhero ever. You know, and and throw in like the Flash and Aquaman. I was a really big Aquaman fan. I don't know if that made me a a hipster for a for a bit. Where I was like, no, I think it probably Aquaman did. Cool. Aquaman, yeah. Yeah, he's cool and useful. Yeah, yeah, in the most the most one useful specific of... place in the world. <laughs> No, that really, happens. <laughs> really, it was uh, it was all of Jeff Johns' work on the New Fifty Two that really kind of drew me into to DC for a bit. So, I mean, it was uh, it was Aquaman. I read his Green Lantern arc. I was I was reading his Shazam arc, and I really enjoyed his work. So, anytime I saw his his name pop up on a on a comic, I'd be like, "All right, well, that's the next character I'll I'll get into." But something about Marvel, man, they they're just quality and you can't beat a lot of those characters the spider-mans and the wolverines and all the x-men it's so fun and it, i just i don't know i'm not as big a fan when dc does like the big crossover events mm -hmm. within their own universe but i really love it when marvel does it 
Yeah, I just think Marvel's got like a, I don't know, it may, and maybe this is maybe a bias that's been instilled in me because of the way the movies have been done. But, but Marvel always had a self-knowing, laughing at itself kind of aspect that I feel like DC was quite often lacking. And there was this, there was a, there's kind of a wink and a nod in Marvel that like they know it's stupid, mm. <laughs> they know it's dumb, and you're allowed to enjoy it for the fact that it's really big dumb guys beating the hell out of each other, uh, and that's fine. This guy's this guy's got a bird face. No reason. Who cares? He's an X-Man. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's probably all we've got time for, though, Tempest. Uh, but thank you for sharing your uh, interest with me. I'm pleased to have shared mine with you. And this has been a fruitful first solo conversation between the two of us. Maybe there will be many more down the line. But I won't be temping uh, next week, as I will be on Holly Bob's. Uh, so... Um, I don't know who's I don't know who's in next week. Actually. It's gonna be a skeleton crew, I tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> but there are more podcasts for you to listen to, so look out for them. It's gonna be AW later in the week. There is going to be SmackDown, obviously, and there's gonna be the Friday Magazine show with Adam and Denise Salcedo. So look out for those. See you later. Love ya. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.